Today, we, we have a beautiful, beautiful uh, reading in our gospel. And it's something that we make sure to highlight every year, the transfiguration. Now, one thing I like a lot are movies. Whenever a new movie comes out, love, go and see them. Uh, I'm a big fan. But generally speaking, if you see a lot of movies, it comes down pretty easily to a guy movie is kind of built the same way. Every guy movie. Usually there's some kind of hero. He gets provoked in some way to jump into this quest, into this fight, into this mission. Usually along the way, if there's like a major bad guy, he's got to fight like 20 bad guys on the way to the major bad guy. At the very end of the fight with the major bad guy, usually he's on the brink of losing until something comes out of nowhere, flips it on its head, and the hero wins. And usually there's explosions and like a scene of the guy walking away from a fight just like limping and exhausted. Sounds like pretty much every man movie ever. Don't worry, ladies, you're on the hook. Because a lot of chick flicks have the same kind of thing. There's a girl minding her own business, she meets this guy. Usually they don't like each other at first. She has this kind of revelation that she starts to like him. The guy all of a sudden is not available. And now she has to go on a, like this kind of little quest for herself of figuring out how is it that I can make him like me until finally at the end he leaves whoever he, whoever he was with or whatever he was doing, comes back to her, heart around the couple as the movie ends. Sounds pretty much like every chick flick ever. This thing, this thing, the thing is, is when it comes to movies, we know the themes throughout movies, and we can see where they're going pretty quickly if we really pay attention. When Scripture, it's very similar. See, Scripture has these certain themes, these certain things that happen throughout them that, that kind of kick off that, hey, something big is about to happen. So pay attention. And one of those things is any time we hear about a mountain. See, throughout Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, there's all these mountaintop kind of moments. And today, in the Transfiguration, we get the mountaintop moment. Like the moment where Jesus takes his three best friends of his apostles, Peter, James, and John. They go up on this mountain. And his identity as the Son of God shines forth. Like there's no more mystery. There's no more thoughts about who he is or what it means that he's here. They, 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 they kind of get the picture that this is the Son of God. So much so that God's voice speaks to them and says, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Like today's feet, today, this, this second Sunday of Lent, today's gospel gives us a glimpse into what we're called to see as apostles, as disciples of our Lord, as followers of Jesus. That like God wants to sweep us up and show us who he is. During the course of this gospel, though, we hear about this interesting, this interesting detail that as Jesus is transfigured, he's dazzling white and he's bright. 
And the apostles are kind of stepping back and they're, wow, what's going on? These two figures, Moses and Elijah, show up. Now in the Old Testament, Moses had been promised to see the face of God, to, to see God, to see his glory. But he was told you cannot see his face because if you see his face, no man can see the face of God and live. Elijah, similarly, gets a glimpse of God, but like his heel, doesn't get to see the whole thing because no one can see the face and the glory of God and live. God promised these two men, these two big figures of the Old Testament, that they would see God. And today, not only are Peter, James, and John able to rejoice at seeing such a beautiful vision, but so are Moses and Elijah even. This vision of these two Old Testament prophets, these two Old Testament leaders, also gazing upon the face of Jesus. Now, it seems like, man, mountaintop moments, that's awesome. It's beautiful. And I think all of us at some point in our life can, can relate to men when you're on that mountaintop and you feel the closeness to God. Whether it is, hey, I just came off of a, a beautiful retreat, like our Women's Journey Towards Christ retreat last weekend, the confirmation retreat our students are on today. Just whenever we come off retreat, it's like, man, I feel rejuvenated. I feel close to the Lord. Might be after a sacrament or after some kind, of, some kind of thing that has just brought us up into the glory of God, where we feel close to Him. It would be awesome to be able to live there. It would be amazing just to be able to let that be our Christian existence. Right? Just would. It just fits. But we know hey, that's not life. That's not reality. Like, like, life is hard. Loss of a job is hard. Having to, having to cut back on stuff is hard. Family that just couldn't quite hold it together is hard. Disease is hard. And in a lot of ways, we can think, well, God, like, you, you, you promise us this transfiguration, this image of you, this brightness. Man, I don't, I don't feel it in my life. I don't feel it right now. And in Lent, in particular, we, we, we let something go. We strip ourselves even more to focus more on the Lord. See, this mountaintop shouldn't be seen in isolation. It shouldn't be seen by itself. Instead, we can look forward at another mountaintop where Jesus is going to take Peter and James and John after his Last Supper. And he's going to sit in a garden on a mountaintop and he's going to cry out to the Lord, I don't see you. Where are you? What are you doing? Why, whenever I cry out to you, you don't answer me? Let this cup pass from me. See, Jesus is going to go up another mountain. And for us, we're going to celebrate it in about a month. That he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. And he experiences that same loss, that same darkness, that same hurt, that same struggle that we all experience at times with God. Our life as Christians is not all sunshine 
and bright and amazing and easy. Sometimes our walk as a Christian looks a little bit more like the agony in the garden. Looks a little bit more like asking God, where are you? And that's okay. Because it points us, again, to a third mountain. The mountain of Calvary. Where Jesus, this time isn't transfigured with Moses at his right and Elijah at his left. But rather, he's revealed to us as the Lamb of God, the one who has sacrificed for us, whose love is poured out, the one who redeems us by sin. And on his right and his left are two common criminals. He reveals to us someone who's, who's been falsely accused and has no place being where he is. In our lives, the Lord is inviting us to see the gift of himself in that third mountain. To see the gift that he gives us in his son. The sacrifice that's been poured out, the mercy that we receive. And what we're able to partake in, in the sacramental life of the church. See, today, as in every day, we have the opportunity to receive our Lord, to receive the, receive the fruits of the third mountain as we come forward, as through, the, as through the, the beauty of the Mass, the prayer of the faithful, that our lives are offered up to God, transformed and handed back to us. Today, our Lord invites us in a particular way up a mountain. Whether that mountain is one of light, whether that mountain is one of darkness, or if that mountain is one of sacrificial love, is our heart open, is our heart ready to receive, to receive the Lord as he offers himself to us?